0: Welcome back to the Life and Times Podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips, and, uh, you know, we'll get to our episode right after a word from our sponsors. Winchester Ranch premium beard oil products contain unique scents that are unmatched in the marketplace. They only use natural, unfiltered, uncut oils to provide the most nourishing ingredients in your beard regime. So leave the big box beard oils for the hipsters because no self-respecting cowboy wants to work cattle smelling like a New Jersey nightclub. So whether it's AM lumber, outlaw, trail boss, or whiskey saddle, Winchester Ranch Beard Company has the scent for everyone. You can reach Winchester Ranch Beard Company at winchesterranchbeardco.com. Once again, winchesterranchbeardco.com. Our next sponsor is American Survival Co. You can reach them at americansurvivalco.com. Wilderness Survival and Tactical Training. They have two locations in Jacksonville, Florida and Northwest Arkansas. War Eagle, Arkansas to be exact. Your instructors are from the hit Netflix show, Snowflake Mountain, Matt Tate and Joel Graves. So whether it's a few hour workshop or a weekend course, it's perfect for individuals or team building exercises. For more details, head on over to americansurvivalco.com and also check out their podcast, Survival Logic. Once again, americansurvivalco.com. Welcome back to the Lifetimes Podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips. Today is a special uh, day. It's the most special day, as a matter of fact, because this is actually... I, I, I've i said it numerous times, uh, I, the calculations were off, we figured it up, let's get excited. Today, today is episode number 100, we're, we're, all, we're all excited uh, about it, I, I know I am, and so uh, today I have here uh, with me my dad for episode 100, 100. I, I just felt like, um, at, at Layton, actually Layton pushed it and then I thought, you know, who better to have on uh, episode 100 uh, than my own dad, who um, part of the reason I learned to communicate so well, I don't even know if part is the answer, uh, 85% of the reason uh, I communicate as well as I do, I think it came from uh, from my dad. Uh, so here he is today, Lloyd Phillips Sr., everybody. How, how are you doing? Fine, great. Yeah, he's, he's doing super good today. Well, um, I, I just was thinking, like, you know, when I, when I grew up, the only reason that, yeah, I don't know. I didn't grow up with you, but I always, I always heard when you were a kid that you got in trouble a lot and you talked a lot at school and, and, uh, I'm not sure how that rubs off because I didn't directly watch you do it, but somehow I guess it's just in the blood maybe probably from your mother. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, for those of you, and you don't know, nobody knows. So I'm going to tell you, my mom, uh, she'll have a conversation with you. Like she'll talk to you. If you speak to her, she's not even rude. She's not rude at all. She was a teacher. Like she was a school teacher. It's not like she's silent, but she'll talk to you. No, no, no. You, she'll talk to you if you talk to her first. I guess that's that's what it is. And other than that, she just sits over there like she's stoic. I mean, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Probably because she's Indian. I don't. Maybe she just doesn't talk. Well, she talks to me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, let's, let's just get right to it. How old are you?
1: Sixty six be sixty seven next month.
0: I honestly feel like I missed the boat by not having the Phillips sixty six party. I don't know why you didn't. I don't. I mean, I just feel like I'm kind of missed the boat one on that deal. But you're going to be sixty seven. Do you feel sixty seven? Yes. I don't. I don't know what that means. I'm forty. I'm forty two, and I still feel like a kid. So I. I don't. I mean, there's various reasons for that, but like even just mentally, I feel like a kid. I, I, I. Well, mentally, I feel like a kid. I don't know if I have, <laughs> like, I have adult thoughts or, or, uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know at what point you grow up. And maybe nothing's happened to me like it should have in order for me to grow up mentally. Maybe that's it. So, so 67, huh? hmm. Well, so what? Well, that was 1955 you were born. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a fine year. It's a good year. Uh, so, were you an only child?
1: <laughs> I should have been mm-hmm. from uh, in my town. Most people didn't know I had a brother and two sisters. They just thought it was me. What What do you mean? Well, nobody knew Darlene and Mary or Doyle.
0: They just knew me. Uh, well, people your age, of course, people your age knew. But did, okay, of course, people knew them who were their age. But um, oh, you just mean like the townspeople, but. What did they think? What do you think they thought? Like, they had friends. <laughs> do you think people were like, oh, that's your brother? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was later after uh,
1: I graduated high school and different people would make the comment to either Darlene, Mary, or Doyle. I didn't know Lloyd was your brother.
0: Um. So uh, I don't know how old the kids are. I mean, we had the I, – I spoke to, you know, Pop all that time, but – um, uh, on the podcast. What's the age group? Are you the youngest by a year or what? How, what's... Well, um, Mary's about 20
1: months older than me and Doyle's four years older. Darlene's five years older. Hmm.
0: Well, um. so what What do you mean? What did you do when you were I mean, young? all of them
1: are, you know, like Mary's going to be 70 in hmm. December and the other two are Closer to 80, no, closer to <laughs> 70,
0: I guess, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, so, all right, that sounds uh, pr- pretty, so, when you were a kid, like, what what do you, what was it like, what do you mean, you grew up, they were, I mean, you were all basically the same age, you weren't, there weren't that much age of difference between you guys, like, you got in trouble a lot, what do you, well, we learned a
1: lot of pool hall things uh, for grade school that we could share with everybody.
0: And so that, that's what led to some of the troubles, you think? Uh, yeah,
1: I think it led to a lot of the troubles because the guys that we run around with were
0: uh, quite a bit older. So when you were <clears> – <throat> I, I don't know how this goes. I do not really thought about it. When you were a kid – did they have kindergarten when you were a kid? No. Do they really not? No. I, I don't know why it would – I can't even speak. I don't know what would make me think to ask that. It just seems like it was something that – didn't exist back in the day. No. You just, first grade, right? You started first grade. First grade. Yeah, started first grade. Yeah, okay. So, do you remember your first grade teacher? Do you remember all that? Oh, yes. she's was wonderful. Who was. it? Cecilia Speaks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's what I do know. Uh, I remember this, and then I'll let you comment. Um, when I got to third grade, that's when we moved to the building where she was at, which probably was the building where you were at. And, and I remember the very first day I walked up the stairs and uh, Miss Littlefield, we called her then, I think that was her mm-hmm. name, Juanita, uh, she said, oh, Lord, we got another Lloyd. And then the speaks lady at the end of the hallway, she's like, she's like oh, goodness. Uh, it was something like that. I mean, they were, they were tag teaming me oh. uh, and it was based on you. But like at the time, I don't think I was a troublemaker when I was a kid. I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to tell me. I don't think I was a troublemaker, like when I was in kindergarten or for I don't. Know. So, to so for them to start bashing me like I was, you know, we pretty well guarded you
1: uh, to the outside world. We kept you on our block, yeah, with Billy and Jerry. Yeah, with Billy and Jerry.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it was later. People were running around town. It took a while for. I don't know if it's your mom, but it took probably mom. It took a while for her to let me to ever get out. So yeah, and it wasn't like me because my mom let me get out. She just didn't want me going to the pool hall every day. Uh, well, which is a funny thing because I don't remember what age I'm going to go. Probably six, seven to eight. You took me to the pool hall. Mm-hmm. Was that the same place? No, no. The first the pool hall that I went to was located right
1: on Main Street. Uh, about straight across the road from current Insurance.
0: Okay, that was the pool hall. Uh huh. So, <laughs> were there were there a lot of uh, a lot of people? I mean, there was a, I don't know. Luxecar was different. There was a bar there when I was a kid. That, that stuff doesn't exist anymore. Was there a bar next to the pool hall? No. Or did, or did no. they drink beers at the pool hall? Like no. I? Next to the pool hall
1: was the grocery store. On one side. And on the
0: other side was the post office. So it just sounds like it was a, like a calm town. Where the, was the bar? I'm not saying that that's where you are in, but where was the bar at? The bar was around the corner. Uh, as where I know it was yeah, at? Yeah. By where Fish and Hawk Cat is. Yeah. Karate Clash. Yeah. yeah, as where? Okay. So Phil, Phillips Lounge. Yeah,
1: Phillips Lounge. Back then it was Billy Armstrong. But Phillips Lounge, we're not we not uh, not us, right? No, no, no relation. Huh. His, his first name was Philip.
0: Uh side note, biggest tip I ever got when I was a waiter. Uh, I, I was a waiter at the Olive Garden at one point in my life. Biggest tip I ever got was from the bar owner of of Phillips Lounge. Uh, and I'll just, just because I said it, it's because uh, I've told the story before, but if you haven't heard it, I, I used to, I'm summarizing just because I want to get back to you, but we would drive by the bar and it had a swinging door. And so we would drive by there every day after school and we would kick in the bar door. So if somebody was walking out or about to walk out, Maybe it hit somebody. I know it probably hit somebody at some point because sometimes people chase us down the uh, cement yelling at us down the sidewalk. So, uh, yeah, biggest tip I ever got was from the owner of Phillips Lounge. So, is that Dale? I have no idea. I don't remember his name. Um, so, uh, how old were you when, when you went there? When I, when, oh, yeah, when I went to Phillips Lounge? I, I've heard these stories. There's the thing. Like, I've heard these stories my whole life where... People say, oh, I got stories about your dad, and then you tell me that you hung out with these older people. How old were you when you first started going to the pool hall? I don't know, five,
1: six, five Somewhere in there like that. Eight or now. six, by yourself. No, well, yeah, pretty much. I would go down there to, uh, mom would be working in the clothing store, or and uh, I would go in there, you know, ride my bicycle, park, look in, walk in there, drink a pop, because my neighbor, like I said, owned it. So, uh and I'd visit with Todd, and he'd let me shoot pool free. And uh, and then his grandson, David, and I, basically we... David always likes to tell the story that we were crib mates together. We actually slept in the same crib at one time uh, or occasion or two. But.
0: Uh, did you learn to play pool? Yes. Like as a kid? Yes. So you were good at pool as a kid? Yes, very good.
1: Like do you like pool to this day? I don't even know where a pool table is unless you go to Magoo's. And since I wore glasses, I get upset because I don't shoot like I used to shoot. Uh, myself, David Bates, and Randy Monk were probably the best young pool shooters in town.
0: Wait, it, because you wore glasses.
1: It makes a difference wearing glasses and not wearing glasses, and one eye is near side, one eye is far side. I don't know what it, I blame it on my glasses, but it's just the fact that we, I don't play pool. 365 days a week, or days, yeah, 365 days a year. Uh, back then, I did. And I played dominoes. I played gin, Hollywood gin, knock. Uh, if they gambled, I was in Those on Those
0: sound that. like cigarette-smoking games.
1: Well, you could if you could bum one off of a guy coming <laughs> back from uh, getting ready to go. Some of the guys were going to Vietnam. Uh, some had already been there. Uh, you're, you're in there with a bunch of Korean War veterans. I played dominoes with a bunch of men that were World War One veterans. And uh, do you per- remember
0: any of their names? Yeah, Herman Arms
1: was Randy Monk's grandpa. Uh, uh, Yank Ross, uh, Todd Woods was a World War One veteran. The owner? Why
0: don't you? Get- <laughs> <laughs> you keep referencing me with your hand. I don't know those people. I don't believe they were alive when I was. Were they? No. I don't think no, so. Uh-uh, no. Like, because that's where we I mean, yeah, I didn't think so. Well, so, well, then that's, that's pretty cool. So, who's your childhood best friend? Was it David Bates? David Bates and Randy Monk. I mean, I know Joe, you had other ones Joe, yeah. later, but, but pool hall days, you were. you're Yeah, yeah. Bates.
1: Joe Bob and uh, a guy named Clint Dotson, who's, I think, still running a
0: bar somewhere in Big Bear Jinx and uh, did uh, did Joe Bob his dad was the local barber did he did he have a barber shop when you were a kid yes um that's how that's how Frank Phillips started he was a barber I didn't know that yeah uh, in Iowa and then he opened several barber shops and. And then his father-in-law was a banker. and He was like, hey, you should get into banking. And then that's how he, he got into where he bought their first oil leases for things that were about to tank. And so they were paying for them. That's how it all started. If you didn't know that, I, I just learned that when I went to Woolrock uh, the other day. Pretty awesome place. Yeah, I thought I thought it was. I'd never been there before. So, um, I don't know. Who, who was your second grade teacher? Not to go back, but I'm just uh, stepping Ms. this. Miss Milner. Pro- the reason I'm stepping this process, not, a lot of people don't. So, look, I'm just giving give you guys background. Every My whole childhood, my entire childhood, I'll just be in town. My name's Junior, or just because it's a smaller town. If they either hear my first name only, or somebody will actually say Junior, they'll be like, you Lord Dale's boy. That's what they always say. And then everybody always has a story, and it usually involves you throwing rocks at people or whatever it is. So, yeah. uh, who's your – Well, <laughs> I
1: say that. I had a first grade. I, I flunked the first year of first grade. I don't even count that one. Yeah, so.
0: so you did go to kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, pretty much I did <laughs> by myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well that's good. So you dad actually went to kindergarten. I, I did that too. Uh, in first grade, were they given S's? S's or do they give you letter got, grades? You got an S in music for satisfactory. Well, the rest of it was letter grades. Really? Yes. So I was so even though I was born in '79, uh, I was a part of the first group of people, or roughly that era, um, where. They just gave us S's, like they couldn't give us letter grades because yeah. they'd hurt our feelings. Is that? Well, the grades they gave me hurt my feelings. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, just once. Yeah, one time. Did you only get held back one time? Mm hmm. Well, that's all. So then we went to school the same amount of years. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's, an, that's an okay deal. So, who, would you say your second grade teacher? I'm just going to step but them. My second grade
1: teacher was Miss Milner. Okay. Did Miss Milner give Ms. you paddlings? Milner. No, she never did, but she was wonderful. That was Diana Stokes' grandma.
0: So for all the beatings you said that you got in school, Miss Miller was not one of them. You know how well you like Janice Fogelman? Yeah. That was Janice's mother. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I I did like her. Uh, She also, even though I still do it, she's the one who would always say, stop saying like. You know, and so my daughter, every other word in sentences like and it drives me insane and i tell her to stop doing it and i basically got it from her so so where so where do you say all the paddlings came in at uh, what grade when were uh, you really because you said if you're going down the pool hall at six you already you should already have been in trouble in first grade and when, second grade and I, I didn't i don't remember getting paddlings in the first grade
1: but uh, when miss speaks had me i remember when she first started out it's like her first year teaching she had an arm about this big around mm-hmm. And at the end of the school year, she was muscled. I mean muscled, yeah she yeah, she spanked me a time or two because she loved me, so she, she told me later that <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah so. Didn't didn't I meet her I mean the, uh-huh yes, she did yeah so uh, well so so which teacher did you do you feel like really was the one? I mean, I've heard these stories forever, but which teacher was the one that really turned it on there?
1: That I really, really, really liked
0: was, or what?
1: The one that gave you the most paddling. Oh my gosh, I don't know, Miss Mangrum or Miss Hammonds in high school. That, that, what? Yes. And Boyd Speaks with me every Friday, <laughs> every Friday, and he was my neighbor, lived across the road from me, what? on the next block over. Why? Well, they had in geography you had these things called question box. and you had to have them filled out, and if they wasn't filled out. You'd get a whipping. He didn't say you had to have them filled out correctly. You'd just get a whipping. Well, uh, about Wednesday, he would ask, Lloyd, do you have your question box ready? You know, Friday, you got to turn them in. And uh, I had every kind of... You wouldn't believe what all happened to my homework. I don't think I ever did a question box. So I got a whipping every Friday. And he enjoyed it, and he enjoys talking about it to this day. And Was it in front of the class? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They what are they gonna do? They binge over and get it on. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't...
0: laughs> well, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, so uh, what about JT Rowland? Like
1: JT Rowland on my very first day in math, and he was an excellent math teacher. He told me, he said, Phillips, we're not going to have any problems in my class, are we? Because, dude, you told me that I can bust your, and he said it, anytime I wanted to, when I wanted to. Uh,
0: so, I, I didn't have any problems. Do you feel like, honestly, do you feel like, in your, for your age group, do you feel like you got the most paddlings of everybody? Oh, yeah. and not- I probably still <laughs> hold the record. Yes. uh well i just think that's 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 pretty funny so i did not get paddlings but then again they didn't well i know i did but i didn't they didn't do it like they did when you were a kid like it was a production if you got a paddling when i was in school it was a production oh you got five licks regardless of who gave them to you well they would just you'd be like go to the principal's office be down there. Wait for ten minutes. He comes and talks to you, and then you know whatever you get peddled. I guess in your day, this did it in the classroom. Yes, that's how Joe Bob did it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's back when. That's I, how you're supposed to do it. When I was in ag, yeah. well, he he would do it in his office, but his office was oh, all yeah. glass. It, <laughs> it was glass doors, like glass windows. Yeah. Uh, not just a tiny window. The whole office was windows, and so he, if you got in trouble in ag, he just walked into the office, you could see the whole production. Uh, and and it, when they'd make those loud pops, it'd just be silence. And what's so weird is that even though I I don't, um, like in my heart, as far as being a kid, I don't know if I, it's not like I'm hardcore opposed to that happening. Like I, I'm not, to be honest. But it's been so long since it's happened, it seems really weird that that ever happened. Because it doesn't happen anymore. Not that I know of. Oh, no, they no, they take. But I'm just saying, like it does. It's for something that seemed so normal when I was a kid. Now that's not even a thing. Hmm. But yeah. d- but does it really help?
1: Yeah, it helped them. Oh, I guarantee they would have had oh, little arms. Look,
0: I guarantee I guarantee it. I guarantee it helps some kids because I know there's some kids that fear it. So I it probably helps for the masses. But then there's kids like you know, like you.
1: Who were like well I mean there, there was teachers you in the high school and junior high you didn't want them to whip you every day, but an occasional whipping made them feel better and <laughs> and made me feel better It did. or made me mine for a while
0: uh, we don't have to go through your whole childhood the, there was just teachers and and some most of them uh you've just said but uh, who gave you all the paddlings but what what about this rock throwing thing what was that all about I've, I've heard it I've heard all these a hundred times, but okay, not even. Every story I heard, I, I've either asked you and you told me, but none of them actually came from you. These are other people saying, your dad used to do this. and I, that's It it's kind of
1: was with Gary Arnold and Junior Butler at different times because we lived by the high school, and I would go out there when during lunch hour, and Gary would come down and sit and smoke and drink a pop under our cedar tree outside the fence. How old was Gary? He was
0: a, probably...
1: 16, 17 years old. Do somewhere. you feel
0: like if vaping was a thing back then, he'd have been vaping? Oh, no. Just hard, just straight to the reds? Yeah, they yeah, yep. they wouldn't vape. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then Junior <laughs> Butler, they would pay me to Vaping's either. for sissies. I did the hard stuff. <laughs> they would either pay me to throw rocks at, or, or take my belt off and whip the girls when they went by. And uh, then they would, sometimes they would uh, give me a cigarette and let me smoke it and then holler, uh, yell at my
0: mom, how to me, And then I'd get a whipping <laughs>
1: for that, and they'd go off
0: laughing. Have, have you ever seen... It, it, it was like 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, it, it was a kid in one of those Asian countries. That kid was probably three foot tall, and he weighed about 130 <laughs> pounds, and was smoking cigarettes. You remember that kid? <laughs> is, that, is, that, yeah, is that what I you do. looked like back then? <laughs> no. No. I don't... Is that kid... I mean, I, don't, I haven't looked... It, Layton, is that kid still alive? Oh, he, he we got research going on this. There's, not, I mean that that was like 15 years ago, and I, if you don't remember, you got to you just look it up online. The kid was probably four four or five years old, and not very tall and real portly. He was a real portly fella, and uh, <clears throat> just burning through cigarettes. It was it was on TV. You, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, w- when you graduated, you-, you were older than everybody. A year. Well, not
1: everybody, because there was some who started out with me and uh, graduated when I did. The... Oh, so there were. Yeah, so they were held back. They, nobody failed. You were held back.
0: How many people were in kindergarten with you?
1: I don't know. Probably thirty in
0: our class. No. or something like that. No, in kindergarten. Oh,
1: zero. I I, was, I don't know. I think there was about twelve that was held back. <laughs>
0: Is that a thing? They don't even do that anymore, do they? No, no. Not like that. No. Well, it was different. either pass or you don't, I guess. I, I can remember one parent standing
1: at the door that first year asking my teacher what kind of grades I made for the six weeks. Now, can you imagine that happened today? Some parent and the teacher just blurts it out with, "Oh, she just geez. goes through what my report card said because she was happy because her son beat me. <laughs> but who was
0: it? Yeah, I wouldn't take much. You, you know who was? Yeah, I don't want to say. Okay, he's deceased. Uh, I've, well, it's like the parent, the parent who said it. <laughs> well, um, so now you grew up. I, I'm just asking. I've never actually asked this. This is a question I've never asked you before. Like you grew up. Uh, you know, you were ten. Papa was ten years removed. Fifteen. From, uh, you know, being home from World War II, uh, when you were born? Nine years. He, Nine he, years? He did
1: an occupation of Japan after the War two, so, so for a few
0: months. So, uh, just because, was he strict? I guess that's where I'm going with that. Was he strict? Yes. Was
1: he? Yeah, he was strict in his own way because uh, he only gave me, I can remember, one whipping. I'm sure he gave me more, but I didn't want any
0: more. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said none before I asked. Yeah, him he
1: said none, but I remember one very well. Yeah, yeah.
0: You, uh, I think they. <laughs> you wh- remember what you did? He,
1: uh, yes, I did. We had some <laughs> next door neighbors.
0: Just Side note, not to cut them off, but I keep telling all these whipping stories. But listen, what you guys? I'm just telling you. Well, you don't know. I have lived years in this town, and everybody's like, "Oh, your dad did this. Your dad did this." And then, uh, and then, Dad always said, "Oh, I got whipped all, all the time." And and uh, your mom, my grandma, your mom, she's like, "That was her threat to me every time I ever walked in the door. Yeah, like, you're gonna get a whipping." I live. So hey, I lived three a lot
1: blo- of whippings around there. Three blocks. I lived three blocks basically from the pool hall, and there was trees on both sides of the road, but there wasn't one limb that you could reach. Because they'd all been tore off and used on me. Uh,
0: uh, Well, probably wasn't the smartest thing to say, but one time, Grandma, uh, I don't remember what I did, but I think I was probably her least favorite grandkid for just being real here. And uh, she got mad at me, and she said, go get a Switch. Oh, yeah. And I said, I was like, are you going to whip me with it? And she's like, (laughs) yes! And I said, well, you better go get it yourself. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And she did. <laughs> and she came back and uh, hit me with it a few times. Yeah. But if I was already going to get a whip, and I wasn't cutting it. Well I, mean, well, I guess for you, you were like, oh, well, that'll get me worse if I don't go get it. Um, I took that. I didn't even think about that. I was too too little, but uh, yeah, that happened. Anyway, so what were you saying? I said, was he strict? And you you're about to tell me the story. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: But. Oh, yeah. Well... What we were doing was that we had a next-door neighbor that uh, couldn't speak and couldn't hear, and for their doorbell was a light. You hit the doorbell, the light flashed on and off. How old were you during this? I was probably about 10. Tom was about 12, and Doyle was about 13, 14, something like that. Anyway, what we would do, this was this was our Tom, was a banker's son who's no longer with us, Tom Gibson. And it, Great friend of mine. Uh, he got us, you know. We he, we learned this from Tom. We can blame everything on everything bad that Doyle and I did together. We blamed on Tom, but we'd push the doorbell, and then we would jump over the fence and hide under the boat where Dad's port is now. And then they would come out, and they would be, you know, because they couldn't speak, they could make sounds, and you'd hear both of them out there, and they're looking and they didn't see anybody. Now, this went on most of the summer that year, about every night. Mm -hmm. Tom would come down just to go do that with us, and then one day my dad worked at McDonnell Douglas. He came home at 5 o'clock, and uh, lo and behold, at the same time he's getting out of his car, uh, my next-door neighbor, Claude, walked over with a note. Dad read that note, and Dad wrote back on there, I'll take care of it uh, because I got to see the note <laughs>
0: later, and uh, he did. Was it, a, was it a real lengthy note? Had he been writing this note for about a month? No.
1: What happened was that last night before uh, he met Dad at the gate, he saw us hiding under the boat. So I don't know if he saw one of Probably it could have been any one of us three that was late jumping over the fence getting under the boat, mm-hmm. but he walked out there and looked around like he didn't see anything, uh, which he would do that every time, but not see anything. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good at all. He'd
0: probably had enough
1: of it. Yeah, he whipped Doyle first, and I thought, <laughs> he won't whip me that way. I'm I'm four years younger. Yeah, he did. Just the <laughs> same number. And he said, if I could get that Gibson boy, he'd be getting one, too. Uh,
0: well, did he ever get the Gibson boy? No,
1: they'd always say that, but... Tom would always stay gone until the heat was off. And. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, um, so after you, you went to college. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to? NEO and NSU. Fine City. What uh, you
1: went to NEO? Where's that at? Miami, Oklahoma.
0: Do people in Miami call it Miami?
1: I have, don't even remember. <laughs> that those two years were pretty much a blur anyway.
0: Yeah. But you played pool.
1: Yeah, we did play mm-hmm. pool. And we Randy and I. Uh, he was my roommate first year. We acquired a guy named Boog, and then the second year it was James Rowbottom. So anyway,
0: so you started, you, you told me you, you'd go to dance
1: halls. Well, yeah, we would go to either, usually it was Chelsea. We went there every Saturday night.
0: Population uh, currently about 1,000 people? Yeah,
1: probably about the same back then too. And you would go to dance halls?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What kind of fine dancing were you doing? Country.
1: Cowboy dancing. Well, I don't swing dancing.
0: What is cowboy dancing? Swing, swing dancing.
1: Do they do two step back then? No, I, I, they probably did. We just did whatever
0: we could do. What? <laughs> so no, no particular. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what. Uh, I spent most of my youth. Not most of my youth, but if I had to say, I would went to. <laughs> it was. A, the most vivid memory, if you're like, hey, did you ever go to this thing? I was like, yeah, we'd go to the Midnight Rodeo. Like, that's what we would that's what we'd go to. But yeah, I, I did I, not. Let me, tell, let me tell the story I, about Midnight I, Rodeo. I did not dance, yeah. though. Let me tell you. All.
1: He had a roommate, and uh, he would keep us informed of where Lloyd was done or whether he was or wasn't going to class or any of this stuff. And and he had two friends up there, Jet and Cord McCoy, and uh, they were always trying to get him to be a cowboy and wear boots and a hat. And uh, I talked to him one day. We were kind of surprised, and Lloyd wasn't around or any, anywhere. I don't know. Granny and I think we're going out to uh, Wyoming or, or, not, or not Wyoming, Colorado or whatever to go. Anyway, uh, we asked him, where's Lloyd? And they said he's at the Midnight Rodeo, and this comes from one of the I think the guy that lived at Watonga or whatever. We well, met the big guy. That was
0: J.C. Cowboys, is what that one was.
1: Anyway, yeah. yeah. But I thought, boy, he's going to be a bull rider. These guys are really good. Until they told me, no, it's a bar and a club and a dance place.
0: That's uh So you went to school with your friends. They went. They went oh, you there. Yes, so, Joe, Billy Cox was
1: a good friend growing up too. I. Uh, but yeah, Joe, Bob, I, and Billy.
0: So and Randy. Uh, how how old were you then? Uh, 18, 19,
1: 18 years yeah.
0: old. So, uh, I mean, I know you went to the military, but after that, how how old were you when you got out of the military? When did I come around? That's where I'm going with this. When did I when did I get here? I think you got here about 1979. I mean, I know. I'm... We got married in 78. You I, came along in 78. I know when I got here. You got married in 78? Mm-hmm. Ah,
1: well. Uh, so, um you were ten months and twenty days after we got married. Oh, were you hoping you, you showed up. Were you hoping for a boy? We were just hoping for anything.
0: Yeah. Well it's then you got me. I'm <laughs> okay. uh,
1: I tell you what, people don't know this story. Let me tell the story about your birth. When when Lloyd was i to get my hands down, but when Lloyd was born, uh, I'd been to church on I was a Christian then and uh are you, not, are you not now? Well, I still am, but that's right after I got <laughs> saved. Uh, I came home from from Wednesday night. Karma didn't go because she didn't feel very well. And when I came in the door, she uh, asked me to get something that was right in front of her. And I said, well, right there, get it. She couldn't see. And I realized she was about twice her size, and it happened just in a matter of an hour or so. Her body had just ballooned and... and uh, the, the pastor I called, and I was driving him I didn't know what to do. I, I would just, anyway, we take her to um, Claremore because that's who her, where her doctor was. And while we're in there, a uh, another doctor come by because they didn't know what to do. Her blood pressure was through that she had a hypertensive pregnancy and preeclamptic. And one doctor come by and looked. He punched her skin, and it just stayed in like a, like pushed her finger in, and it just was a, Finger indention. And he conferred with the other doctor. And then he uh, said, we're going to transfer to Tulsa. We need to get her to a hospital. So the, and, other,
0: the other doctor concurred?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. He just told the other doctor, you need to get this lady out of here and get her to where they can treat her. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, they basically said then that the baby probably won't make it because of the blood pressure problem. And uh, your wife is uh, very, very sick. So we got there. They tried to get, they spent time trying to get her blood pressure down so they could do a C-section. And then uh, right after you was born, you were perfectly healthy and everything. I'm sitting in the, the waiting room with my sister-in-law, and I'd already taken you in and cleaned you up. I got to carry you in there and, you know, all which, this stuff.
0: Which, which sister-in-law? Karen. Did her hair look the same then? Yeah. Uh,
1: same same <laughs> hairstyle, <laughs> and I and I, I took you in there, and I came back, and I was because I was up all night, and I was completely completely exhausted, and uh, about this time they called code blue, and the door just banged open, and Karen said, "I think that's Carmel Nagurney. that gurney." And it was, and uh, she was massively hemorrhaging. They couldn't get her clot. Claw- Everything was wrong. they she was in a coma for about three or four days, and uh, a lot of prayers from everybody yeah
0: and then uh and then I was born, yeah, yeah, well i probably uh, I mean of course, I've never had that happen, so probably a little scary thing, huh?
1: yeah, it was scary,
0: well. Because of the way that that happened and it got scary, um, does that mean that you guys let me get away with a bunch of stuff? <laughs> I, yeah, I, well,
1: I, yeah, I, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, another thing about that, there was a doctor that after he would work, his name was Dr. Micliaccio, and I don't know where he's from, but he would sit with her at night for the first two or three nights beside her bed. And, of course, they have the heart cast in to make sure everything they're given, you know, is going to do something. And they had not like four units of blood just constantly dripping, uh, running blood in.
0: I was already out at this point, right?
1: Yeah, you're already out. You're yeah. done fine. And and uh, it, was, it was pretty bad. But Were you able to hold me then? Yes, I could go in there uh, and hold you. But I just had
0: to stay in the room. Yeah. Well, like he wasn't in the room. Well, no,
1: you was in a he was in a uh, incubator, whatever the thing is.
0: Well, these days are like express. Like you just go in, and then they come out, uh, and no. you're out
1: the next morning. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously was,
0: she had some problems, but, but you know, they're just like, all right, well, good luck. Yeah.
1: No, they had you in a incubator type thing for two or three days, but
0: uh, which which I always find weird. I'll just ask you. I'll get to this part, but well, how long, how long until she was. Once she
1: come around and started clotting, it was like okay, about like it is today. Okay, she's fine. You know, one more night in the room and or a couple of nights in the room. And uh, so here's what here's what I remember.
0: Here's what I for me. Here's what I remember about my kids because um, I still was. It's not like I was trying to be lazy, but the Avery comes out. She's they're in the room, but then the nurse will say, "Hey, do you do you want us to keep them overnight?" You know, because she would cry or whatever. Uh, like, yes, yeah, do that. So, like, she, I mean, she was in there, but they would take care of her. Um, and so maybe for like a day. It was only the day, right? They, she slept the first night, and then where it got weird was they will, they will my wife to the door, and I pull the car around, and they put the. The kids in the back seat, and then when they shut that door, it's just silence. It's you and her and a baby. And I'm like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> it's like, that was the first, that was the first odd, like, right when they closed the door and it was silence, just us and the baby. And I thought, uh, this feels weird. Cause now you have a tiny human that you got to take care of, and you don't, it's weird how it works out. Cause I just thought at the time, I'm like, I don't know. Do I even have the money to take care of these kids? Like, I don't know. But then you just do. You know, you just figure it out. I I think that's everybody's fear when they first have kids. But then you just do. I mean, we have two kids, and I'm fine with it. But if we had five, if we had five total kids, it'd be it'd work just the same. You know. But it's just weird how it works out. So, was that a thought for you? Like, do you remember the first odd thought where you're like, "Oh well, what do we do now"? No,
1: I I had a lot of people. When you was in there, of all the people that I mean, uh, Robbie and Linda Foreman. Linda Foreman had asked. She said, "If you need any help, if you need me to watch your baby until Karma can come home or whatever." uh, I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah. Um,
0: she still randomly comments on Facebook posts. Usually, it's something mouthy to me, but uh, she she still comments. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Robin. Robin Lind offered it. Well,
0: that's uh. Were you were you a firefighter then? No. Wait, how? I don't know. I haven't done the math. How old were you when I was born? Hello, 24. Um. Yeah. So. Twenty three. When did you join
1: the fire department? What did you do in the fire, department? <clears throat> I do on fire department? Yeah. Run fires and. Uh, no. Wh- no. When? How old were oh, you? I got on there in eighty three. Eighty three. Hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, but you did. You worked for the 82, funeral 82, home before. You worked for the funeral home before that, though, right? Yes, I was a uh,
1: embalmer. I served apprenticeship in embalming and funeral director. And uh, back then, we had the ambulance, and we had uh, we
0: run the ambulance out of the funeral home. The ambulance service was run out of the funeral home. Mm-hmm. Well, that's convenient. That seems like that's a monopoly. Is that a thing that you can? D- they don't do that anymore. Hey, we had a '65 Ford station wagon. I, listen, I, I'm gonna. I want you to tell me, but well, the funny thought about that, about the, <laughs> the ambulance being in the funeral home, is like it, back then. I'm not saying it happened. I'm just saying, like, hey man, uh, these funerals are five thousand dollars a pop. Uh, drive slower. If he doesn't make it, we're gonna haul them back. Is that how that went back then? Uh, I.
1: Or no, you no, probably didn't know. Didn't no, go no I, I could. Definitely, I'm sure it didn't go that way. Uh, but. Well, it's about that bad for uh, my first accident call. I think I ran where it's multiple uh, units from two different towns. They drove up on my back door where I couldn't get my car out. They picked up the dead and we're gone. Really? Yes.
0: But okay, that but, actually happened. So uh, well, okay, but even then though, oh, so was it the same other funeral homes that had the ambulance service also? Yeah. It, really?
1: Yeah. In Oklahoma, uh, the rule. Uh, funeral homes operated ambulance service. They didn't go out until I don't know. We were we were all ambulance drivers. You put them in the ambulance. You drove as fast as you could. Uh, you did try to control the bleeding at the scene, but it's not like it was today, where you have whatever. I'd get in the back if it was because I didn't have a helper most of the time. You're by yourself. Uh, I ran a call one time to down by the Spring Creek, uh, where a pickup broadsided another pickup full of kids, and I took eleven injured kids in one ambulance at the same time.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, because so, it would
1: have taken an hour. So, so uh,
0: let me ask you. So, did did you have training like CPR training?
1: Absolutely nothing. What 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 we was that learned? a thing back then? Well, I'm sure other places did, but, I mean, if you watched Marcus Welby back then <laughs> or Mother Jugs and Speed or something like that, but, no, uh, you, I got the training that I got from Floyd who had been a ambulance driver in Oklahoma City yeah. and worked for uh, a funeral home up there, oh. but he didn't have any certifications or anything. It was after.
0: Was it needed then? Like back then, did they have to have it back then?
1: No, he didn't have to have it back then. So it was just like good luck. <laughs> like good. Yeah, luck. I mean, we had, we had a couple of people in town. George Hooker or Charlie Hooker would make a lot of runs as a driver, and sometimes he worked back there, if it was' something where it just required oxygen or whatever, something like that, he'd ride back there and then I'd drive. but
0: do um, you think you guys drove faster back then? I know we drove faster. Like the, cause you, uh, Oh yeah, like right now, if I see an uh, I don't know if I see an ambulance on the highway and they're behind me. If they're if they're not catching me, then I just don't pull. I mean, I'm talking. I'm not talking about right behind me. I mean, if I can see in my rear view mirror back there, I don't get over. And most of the time, if I'm doing five over the speed limit, I don't even feel like they even catch me. I think most of the time we run well over a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, they they shut that down. Did you ever have a wreck in an ambulance?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had a few what? Do you, how did you ever wreck an ambulance? Uh, which time? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I got T-boned in Tulsa. Uh, guy run stop sign. I'm, I'm have I have my lights and siren on, and two lanes of traffic has pulled over. He jumps over the Meridian. I don't know where he came from. He's gonna pass everybody. He's just flying. I think he was going too fast to start with and couldn't even stop. Couldn't even slow down. So he just was going to go across and hit me right in my driver's side door. Uh, And the lady that I was taking to St. Francis, I had uh, picked her up out of a car wreck. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was she fine? Well, her jaws were broke, but they were probably broke previously. But she absolutely was fine. Uh, She bought us a
0: rocking chair for you when you was born. Is that where that rocking chair came Wait, mm-hmm. how long did you have that rocking chair? Cuz if it, if if that's the one then I remember the one. Yeah, you had it. The wicker back it, or yeah, whatever? Yeah. Oh, so the so the double wrecker is the one who uh, And then she paid for it a, from. a big wedding picture, a big uh, she paid for that.
1: That was after after the wreck. Oh. Well. Uh, uh, uh
0: so that was the first one. What was the, what was the best ambulance wreck you had? Uh my uh boss who had come from Oklahoma City who had driven in all
1: kinds of uh weather he was going to take the uh, drive to uh two different times he was going to drive on the snow and ice we wasn't didn't get hurt and we didn't really damage that uh, but we did slide off and and kind of bank into stuff uh, he lost control of it on uh, one of them was down by where grandpa papa bill lived you go around the curves, they. Uh,
0: was this on the, the way shaded to the,
1: Yeah, to, to a call. Uh, the, the curves would be shady, but everything else would be melted, melted off, and I'd say, hey, uh, Floyd, you might want to slow down. It's, it, it's, there was ice here earlier, and we'd come around that curve and off and down and back up and back through the timber and back on the road. And the other time, was, we were just going from Locust Grove to Telequot, and it was we couldn't see the road. Uh, Was one thing that was probably the biggest problem. We're driving low, and all of a sudden, we're down in a ditch, Uh, about where Quanties. is. Yeah, where Quantis is. That's why I count those accidents because Floyd counted everything I did. Uh,
0: (laughs) So, uh, and then there's an ambulance story, and I'll have you tell it because I don't know it. Oh well, I know it, but I don't know it in its entirety. Uh, But here's another story because it's you're like your whole life. People are going to tell me stories. Uh, and they're like, "Ah, oh, your dad. He, there was an escaped convict, and he, that yeah, that that was a, I had that article
1: for a long time. I have was coming back from a call, uh, or going, uh, coming back, I guess, coming back from a call, uh, and right in front of me, a car flies around uh, in front of me, and he had a wreck. He almost hit a couple, a uh, family, head on, and he went off in the embankment." And and wrecked in the in the ditch, and then next thing I know, he's I see this guy person running from that wreck, and and it happened right in front of me. So I just shut the ambulance down, and I I take off behind him because this guy's going to hurt. I mean, the the fact he didn't hit the car, but he he totaled out his. And so as I'm taking off behind him, I call to it happened in front of Diana Hannah's Diana Stokes's house. And I asked Ms. Hannah. I said, call the Highway Patrol. What I didn't know was they were chasing him. He was an escaped convict from Arkansas. And so he's running out across cross field, and I'm running, and I'm, finally I just hollered, I just yelled, stop or i shoot. And he just froze, and I said, lay down. He laid down, and I stood there. Highway Patrol pulls up, and they come out there, and they said, when they got him up and handcuffed him, because he was still there until so Holloway walks up and puts the cuffs on him, and then he had stolen the prison van Or the prison pickup and uh, fled, and they had been chasing him in Arkansas. And uh, anyway, when they got him up, I always remember what he said. He just looked at me and said, A kid, a kid.
0: (laughs) I can't believe a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what about the one where you're in the ambulance, you pulled up to a barn and told them it was surrounded?
1: Yeah, that happened on a a murder investigation uh, or murder. Uh, we had gone to uh, a scene. I don't want to mention any names or anything, but we had gone to this uh, this murder, and I, uh, later, as part of my criminal justice class, I said in on the class, That's going to be testifying if I would have been called. Uh, but we go there, and the, the person had, had been shot, and, and you know he's laying there dead, and, and there, because it, it, there was all kinds of, I don't know where other law enforcement agents come in from, but uh, they were ev- there from Cherokee County OSBI. Uh, I don't know there was some OSBI agents there, uh, it, but uh, as we were there and, and we're listening to what they were saying, who it was, and and what they were driving, everything, I just told my my uh, I was standing by the highway patrol. And I said. I just saw that vehicle. We just passed it coming down here. He said, "You're kidding." I said, "No." I said, "It pulled into a house." He said, "Let's go get them." Okay. So he went and told somebody. He said, "He said he knows where the, where the vehicle, the car was, whatever." And we go there, and the person, and uh, when we pull up, he said, "Here's what we do. I'm going to go around to the, toward the front." We pulled up to the side of the house where they can't be seen, you know. Uh, He said, I'll go around to the front. I'll knock on the door, you know, and I'll I'll be careful and all this. He said, you get on the PA and ask him to come out. Ask him to come out. Okay. Well, whenever I do that, he goes around. The guy that had shot, he opens up the window, and he's looking straight at me. Yeah, but he came on out. He ended up in self-defense. Uh but you know he had to go to trial, which sometimes you wonder why why he, i mean he was
0: self defense I don't know, maybe he just got nervous um uh, well, so how did you like that career
1: i If they would have had insurance and retirement driving to ambulance, I'd have been driving it We ended up going to e m t class and uh, you know I worked with a guy named Bill Grass. We had the best time, regardless of how bad the situation was. Bill could have you in stitches after the situation. Uh, he knew how to, to decompress all the, the feelings. Because most of the, all of our things that we ran to was people we knew and grew up with.
0: I, I never really ask. I, I mean, I know the two, but there's Floyd and there's Bill. When, how, but you worked with Bill, too. At, did you work at... Floyd's
1: with Bill? Well, Floyd owned uh, one in Shoto, one in Salina, one in Pryor, and uh, Locust. And Bill and I were in Locust, but we'd go wherever they needed us. Uh, so it's pretty much Bill and I. Floyd would go when Bill was on his days off, and it'd be Bill and Floyd on my days off, Floyd and I if uh, Bill was on his days off. So.
0: you, you liked, Well, I know you love Floyd, too, but you, you love Bill? Oh, he was so funny.
1: I wished I could have recorded everything that we did, or you would hear him in the prep room talking. I think it would be, they'd call me and say, hey, we got a body, we need for you to go down and embalm it, and uh, he would be in there talking, so I'm thinking it's Floyd and Bill talking to each other. Bill's talking to the body, and I stand at the door listening, but I don't hear Floyd talking, you know, and I'm waiting, and I'm thinking, why'd they call me? Floyd's in there. Uh, It'd just be Bill and uh, somebody from Locust that we both knew. He'd be talking to him like they were still alive, and he'd be hashing
0: out old memories that he could remember about them. All I know is is that uh, it's the first the first time at a funeral that it was they filled the high school gym. I remember that with for Bill. Yeah, so he was pretty well known, huh?
1: He was very well known he had the you know the chief of the cherokee nation woman man killer and and uh, all kinds of dignitaries that from the from the cherokee tribe
0: yeah well the um that's that's uh that's uh, <laughs> there were a lot of people there that's what i remember well so uh how how old how old was i when when uh Well, I, I lost that thought. Sometime. When Bill passed away or what? Yeah, I just, I, I just remember there, there were a whole lot of people there. Well, Sean Gibson, or Sean Gibson, Sean Bates
1: would be dropped off at the funeral home uh, when he was two years old to sit with his Pawpaw Bill while Marilyn ran errands or whatever in town. So uh, I think that's where Sean got to be a funeral director
0: hanging around us at the funeral home. <laughs> But Bill's a preacher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Sean, I don't believe is a preacher at all, but I've heard him do a funeral uh, himself, and and I thought he was like really awesome at it, actually. So I, I guess it, I guess it rubbed off uh, for him too. Um, speaking of that whole volunteer firefighter thing, I mean, I know, I know you've seen some things, and and I think that's probably what shaped uh, me. You you did ambulance things you did fire department things um uh, before i move on because then you're you're a safety director in your life you know you went back to school and got your degree for that um but do you remember the call in which you were going to go try to save the house that wasn't burning that led to me getting community service
1: yes i remember it very well
0: uh, Would you like to hear the story? Well, I mean, I, I I've told it, I've told it here, but I just didn't hear your side of it. I don't. I mean, I know I made the call for a house call, the house fire that wasn't there, but it was a prank or whatever. It wasn't a pr- it wasn't a prank. Prank implies I was going to let it see through in its entirety. I was just making a prank phone call. I didn't expect her to get all carried away.
1: Well, back then the fire phones we didn't all rang at the same time. And there was 20 firefighters hit Frank. And they said there's a fire uh, at, uh, well, right me, at Connie Lofer's house.
0: I'm going to recreate this part. It goes like this. I know. Uh, this is what happens when you pick it up. Because sometimes when I was a kid, we'd pick it up just to tell you, hey, there's a thing. And uh, it sounded like this. <laughs> this is how everybody would... It. Fire phone, fire phone, fire phone, fire phone, fire phone. And the, the people are already starting to talk, and you still got 13 more fire phones mm-hmm. when they pick it up, mm-hmm. which kind of is ridiculous that they wouldn't just pick it up and listen because somebody's already talking, and they're still yelling fire phone. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's how it was. And they said
1: uh, my son was playing basketball with, a, with, his, with his friend Brian whose house was on fire according to the phone. And Eric Wood. And Eric Wood, yeah. so I go running out the door, jump in the vehicle, and they're hollering, "It's there's no fire, there's no fire, there's no fire at Brian's house," and I just take off and I go to Brian. I'm not even paying. That's not on my mind of what you said at the time. I get down there, and Connie, Connie Brian's mother, ran through, ran the intersections, almost got hit broadside, and that's her fault. And there was there wasn't any fire at all so uh, fire chief when we get prank calls he takes it very serious he'll file charges if he can find out where the call originated and who it was so
0: uh, he, this he, is Robbie, the guy yeah. who, who earlier you so, said was so uh, he's already contacting
1: randy bales to come over to go in there and trace the call of where it originated uh when I came back, cause we're down at the police station, and yeah, I'll press Robbie Stone. I'll press charges and all this. So when we came back, I found out that my son had made that prank phone call, and before he could tell the person it was a prank, she hung up and just took off, hysterical, running from one side of town to the other, and nearly uh, had a wreck herself with another vehicle. And so I go down and tell. My chief, I know who made the prank call, and uh, he said, who was it? And I said, it was Lloyd. And so he said, you're kidding. I said, no, and I told him the circumstances, and he said, well, what do you want me to do? And I said, what did you do to everybody else? I said, you got to do something. He's got to learn a lesson. So uh, he got community service. He didn't get any jail time. Most of the time, they would try to take him county and file charges, but uh,
0: yeah. Well, he actually acted like I was either gonna sit in jail there at Locust Grove or or do community service. But I think I was like fourteen, so I wish I I wish I had the adult brain I had now just to be like, you're not gonna put me in this jail. <laughs> so, so I'm like, all right, yeah. The, so yeah, I watched fire trucks. Yeah, not one time. I don't know, like three weekends maybe, something like that, yeah.
1: So the other community service you got, you ended up getting a job out of it at the
0: swim pool. No, I already had you? a job. I was already working there. Yeah. Uh, I was already working there. That I've told this story twice on there, so I don't have to tell it, but I will summarize here at the end, which I believe I probably already said it. Yeah, I was already working there. I finished my very last day of community service, at the pool because the pool manager called the judge, Terry McBride, and said, hey, um, um Lloyd is out of days. Uh, can he work at the pool today? And uh, he said yes. And so she came back and she said, all right, uh, Terry McBride said that you can work here. I was like, what do you want me to do? She's like, just go swimming. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Hope. If you're cool. out there, thanks, Hope. So <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was how that, that happened. Uh, but I just told that story the other day to somebody, but it's cause that was the last day. I'm not a speeder anymore. I, I actually kind of, I'm not saying that I've been pulled over for speeding since I was 18. I have, but like I don't purposely speed anymore. Like I just, it's just not a thing that I do. Even if, uh, I mean just last week I drove to Midland last week. I didn't speed ever. Like there's just no, there's no point.
1: I just thought of one story, which was really great. But back when I was a kid, I was at Foreman's Auto and we didn't have a telephone or anything like that to notify the chief police. His name was Ned Christie. He's a full blood Cherokee. He couldn't read or write, but he was a wonderful uh, police officer. He had a whistle. So if people come speeding through town, he just blows whistle. People would pull over instead of just keep going on. Well, George Hooker, Gave me a whistle one day, and I don't know Ned's around anywhere, but we were having fun. <laughs> then workers would come in in the evening, and they'd usually park down at the DX where the fire station is. Uh, back, back when you was growing up, there was a DX service station there, and the guys would get in there, so they're going pretty slow before they get to the stop sign where they need to stop or whatever, and I'd blow that whistle, and they'd pull over. Well, somebody ratted me out. Well, here comes Ned Christie, and I'm a young kid. And for all I know, George Hooker may have called to rat me out <laughs> uh, because George is kind of a rat on me sometimes. Uh, but anyway, and Ned read me a right act and uh, going to take me to jail. Uh, anyway, I just thought of that. Uh, you thought George
0: Hooker was funny?
1: <laughs> oh, yes, George was funny. We had a blast. Oh. Uh, <laughs> The gas station was across the street, and we'd see somebody go in the gas station. I'd call the gas station and say, Joe Bob, uh, the ag teacher back then at the time, my my buddy my whole life, I'd call Downing Propane because he'd be in there buying gas for the ag pickup with boys or whatever. And I'd call, and just about the time he'd get to the phone, I'd hang up. And we were doing this from Foreman's auto. because you can see inside there. <laughs> yeah, their yeah I could <laughs> tell all the way across from Foreman's auto. So he'd go back and he'd, he'd, I'd call again and he'd run back. Well, we'd do that. And then I, it, so I, I didn't give it up for a while. And then I would sit over at the funeral home where you could see straight across and I'd look out the window and I'd see the ag pick up. And he'd be over by, buying and I'd call and, and Joe Kay would come out and she'd say, Joe Bob somebody's on the phone, want to talk to you. And you know, it took Joe Bob about five minutes to walk from the pump in her to answer the phone. And just as he'd pick it up, I'd hang up. <laughs> I uh, did that several, several times. And then he finally I couldn't take it anymore because I was laughing so hard. Uh, I just quit calling him. And when he got an ag pickup after he filled up and he drove by, I'm sitting out there and I'm waving at him. <laughs>
0: he waved back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, was George
0: Hooker with you, though, when you were doing it? Well,
1: yeah, we started out. We'd do it from over there, too. We'd run Floyd. Floyd shouldn't have died of a young man of a heart attack because I give him a lot of exercise. We had outside bells on the funeral home. So when the phone rang for an ambulance or whatever, it rang the bells. Well, I'd go in there. I could go over and drink pop or whatever because I could hear the, the bells. But Floyd started over. He's looking for me because... I'm supposed to be back there cleaning the prep room or the embalming room. And I would do this all the time. Just about time, I'd see him come out the door, and you could tell he's looking around. I know who he's looking for. I'd call the bells to go off, and he'd run back in there to answer the phone. I'd hang up. As soon as he'd say, help, then I'd hang up. <laughs> so I did that a lot. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so funny. I, I'd do that. And then his mother, uh, Lived, lived at the funeral home, too, at the upstairs where, the, where Floyd lived and his mother lived there. And so uh, she would, when we finally got more advanced or whatever, she would answer the phone so that we didn't have to use the outside bells. And Floyd would be coming, and so I'd call. And Granny would answer the phone, and he'd talk to Floyd. And I'd do that just as soon as he'd come out the door because he'd get about halfway, and she'd come out the door and holler, Floyd, Henry, <laughs> phone! <laughs> And so he'd turn around and go back, and just as soon as he'd start to say hello, I'd hang up. And we would do that and laugh, and then I'd go out the back door, around through the garage, and, and around behind the funeral home and come walking out. Because George, George is telling him, oh, he, he's over at work, and I saw him working a while ago. And when, when he'd come out, I'd look around like I'm looking, trying to find Floyd. That <laughs> went on a lot. Did did Floyd ever get mad at you? <laughs> he got mad at me one time and chased me out the, down the alley with a scalpel in his hand, swinging it. Why? Well, I... We had uh, had a, a case and and when they embalm somebody, they you know they take everything out, put it in a trash bag basically, and do a Y type incision. When they get ready, you put it back in there uh, to embalm them. All you do is you pour uh, embalming fluid in a trash bag and then sew them up. And, but we had the bag sitting off to the side, and we're picking the person up to uh, clean them out. Well, we were going to – this is right after they first get there. We were going to pick them up put them from the gurney uh, to the preparation table, the embalming table. And so he gets ready, and he's got the family waiting on him, on him in the
0: in – the, To talk about the funeral. Yeah,
1: to talk, make funeral arrangements. And so he needs help, and I'm back there, and he says, okay – Get ready, we'll go one, two, three, and we'll pick them up and put them over. Well, when I picked them up, I turned like this, so it dumped everything out all over him. And he has a white shirt on, brown slacks, and he's covered from his neck down almost, or from his stomach down, uh, to his shoes in blood. (laughs) He said, you, and I won't say the other part, but then he, Grabbed that scalpel and I went out the door and he was out there chasing me down the alley. <laughs> if he would have caught me, he would—I guarantee you—he'd have stuck me with that scalpel.
0: <laughs> did he go back in and talk to the family after he
1: changed clothes? He had to go home and change, and I had to tell the family he'll be back. He's had uh, something come
0: up and he'll be back. <laughs> he'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> How long did it take him to to? Tell you that story, with, but with, but smile. Like, how long did it take him before he didn't want to stick you with that scalpel? <laughs> oh, he got over it in a, in a few days. It <laughs> 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 caused
1: Bill and I would laugh at him every time we'd.
0: <laughs> oh, Bill worked there then. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Did Bill was Bill there that day? <laughs> no, it's his day off. <laughs> Bill thought that was funny, didn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I quit once. I went back. <laughs> you quit because you got mad. <laughs> he'd buy Bill new suits, he'd matching suits. They'd want me to work the funeral. I didn't own a suit. I had one suit, and if it I mean, if it wasn't clean, I wasn't going to wear it. And he told me one day, uh, you need to put a suit on. I said, you didn't buy me a suit. He said, go get a suit. I said, I don't have a suit, and I'm supposed to work the funeral. He said, go in the prep room. And get one of those suits. Now you got to realize they tie in the back. Can you imagine he's going (laughs) to pin it, pin it up in the back so it looked like a? I said I'm not doing that. I quit.
0: By the way, I just learned that. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah. The clothes people wear, they're they're split. Yeah, in the back.
1: If if the funeral home furnishes it, but that's I mean, Uh. if you don't, they we work struggle to get them on, but. Back then, they have display suits and dresses if the person needs yeah. one. They don't have one. A lot of nursing home people uh, don't
0: have the clothing. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's furniture.
0: uh- Because I used to always go visit the nursing home. Did you and mom, dad? I, did you and mom, dad? Did you and mom, uh, like, you knew I went to the nursing home all the time, Oh, yeah, right?
1: yeah. Elmer and Gerald. Gerald, yeah. Wanted fishing line. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and what's funny is <laughs> I was a kid. The nurses would be—they would say, "Did you bring him fishing line?" And I would like be proud, I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Don't, please, don't do that <laughs> ever again." And I did, but I did. I, I would sneak it to him. Then it's like I was sneaking contraband into the <laughs> funeral home because they told me to stop giving him fishing line. To this day, I don't really remember why.
1: Because Gerald would tie it on one
0: door at the far end and string it around every doorknob, <laughs> all the way down, across, and all the way back. Well, nobody ever told me why, but they were like, did you give him fishing line? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, never do that again. Well, he was my buddy, so I was smuggling it in there. <laughs> yeah, he always wanted to put line on his fishing drills. <laughs> Which is funny. That Do you know how we became – I don't even know, like, how, you, how we became friends. Like, he's a mentally challenged guy, and he was – even though I was a kid, I'm only looking at it through kid eyes, so I don't know how old he was. I have no idea. I would have thought he was 50 when I was – a kid. That's what I'm. He was fun. probably
1: in his fifties. Okay, he wasn't. So, he wasn't really old.
0: So, uh, but he we had like those Coke bottle black, glasses, yes. and yep. this is. A, and I'm not making fun of him. This is exactly. It's exactly what he would say. He would go, "You got him fishing line?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, man." It's like my dad's got a lot. Oh, but speaking, of, I never even thought about that aspect. Did Did you get mad when you just didn't have fishing line? No. Actually, did you no. bring it up before? No, because
1: if he saw, if I'd stop and visit with him. And go in and see Elmer and different ones that I knew that were in a, a nursing home because I ran a lot of calls there. And he'd tell me, well, Gerald would tell me, i got
0: some fishing line
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> and he,
0: he would he would put it on his pole, and when it would rain, he would stand out on the curb and throw it in the mud hole. Oh. Yeah. I don't think he caught anything. Uh, he had some bites, so he'd tell you he did. <laughs> Yeah, so I, but they never, I mean, they never kicked me out of the place. But I went there all the time. Oh, that's what I was to say. The first time, how we became friends, we were kids. Well, he was throwing walnuts at us. Walnuts are rocks. I think we had walnuts on our side of the street, so we were throwing them back, like we were having a walnut rock fight. That's how, that's how we bonded. I think me and Gerald. then Elmer, I just became friends with later because he would always be out there in the wheelchair. Uh, and he would have a police badge sticker on the side of his wheelchair. And he'd always be like, point out like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, see that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, police.
1: <laughs> like, well, that's cool, man. You know, some of my best friends that, that I was close to when I was little, my grandma was in a nursing home. And uh, I would go down there. Those people were so lonely to have. Some young kid because they don't get to see young kids, they just say, and they were so nice, but people wouldn't visit them. I mean, some yeah. I, I remember one lady, her son was in Florida, and didn't even know where his mom was until she passed away, and how he ended up. He came later to find out where she was buried. Mm. It was pretty sad because he always wanted to know where his mom was. And you say your grandma? Yeah, my grandma. Both my grandma and grandpa. Uh, Granny Bricky and, and, and Doc Bricky, my grandpa.
0: Where were they at? Like, what nursing home? What, what, what town?
1: They were in uh, nursing. They, when they finally got to where they needed to go, they went to the nursing home at Park Hill South, down by Turner's Laundry.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's the one where Loffer's mom worked, where she threw the phone down, got all carried away, and drove to her pretend firehouse. That's where she was at when uh, when that happened. Yeah, um... Well, so you guys were cool. Th- I mean, you guys didn't care. I was there all the time. No. No. We're so much...
1: It's bad to say, you know, you almost feel guilty of being perfectly healthy because there's people in there, I think you even talked about it, seeing people that looked young, people in a nursing home, you yeah. know, that had disabilities.
0: Yeah. Well, there there were some. As a matter of fact, the, the one guy who always knew who you were, well, I mean... Gerald May, but they didn't call you by name. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember his name, the you're a duck guy. Johnny. Yeah, was Johnny, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. And he remembered you because you picked him up in a fire call. Yeah. At a, a wreck, I guess. Is that right? Mm hmm. So he, his favorite, his two classic lines were, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're a duck.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, mean, I was like, you a duck. Yeah. Like, you're a duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you a cucumber. That's what he would say. <laughs> yeah. They'd either call you a duck or a cucumber. Yeah. Those, 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 uh, those were fine times when I was a kid. <laughs> it's not even there anymore. It's like the building's not even there. Well, so uh, anyway, we, we totally skipped this. Uh, we, we've been here like an hour and 15 minutes. Turns out I got a brother. We haven't even brought him up yet. Uh, I have a brother. Are we the same?
1: Uh, yeah, in in his own way. Scott, everybody used to think Scott was the quiet one, serious until and I thought that I always thought you were the one that was always you know wild and crazy like I was and Scott was always because he was quiet at home or seemed to be but everybody that ever got around him said he's a nut he's he well they'll a, say he's funny yeah yeah they yeah, he was funny they said he didn't ever shut up he's always doing something and I thought Scott I mean uh, you know like Zach with the cigarettes Zach leaving his cigarettes at the house all the time, and Scott told me they was Zach's cigarettes. <laughs> They'd be out there in the yard, and he said, "No, when Zach comes over, he goes out there and smokes one or whatever." Or you'd smell it in Scott's car, and you know it's always Zach. And Zach said, <laughs> "Told me one day," I said, "Zach," I said, "You left your cigarettes in there," and Scott he said, "I've never smoked. I don't smoke." <laughs> I said, "Who's cigarettes?" He said, "Who's do you think,
0: Scotts?" <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. How old was he? But he wasn't. He didn't do that when he was in high school. Yeah, he did. Did he? Oh yeah. What a skank. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's always smoking. I uh, well, I t- told this before. All you ever said, you're like, I I used to smoke grapevine. What? Why oh, would you smoke? What is that? Why would you even <laughs> smoke grapevine? I don't get like. <laughs> hey,
1: you could inhale them cigarettes or grapevines. They were a little strong, but they were good smoking, because it's you'd talk to some of the old timers. The World War I veterans or whatever, and they'd talk about not smoking tobacco, just smoking grapevines when they could get them. Yeah, so, yeah. So I tried grapevines.
0: Oh, because you learned it, the pool hall there.
1: Well, Darlene would taught me how to smoke. So your sister? Yeah, because Dad smoked. They in their uh, rations in the war, they got everybody got a pack of Kent cigarettes. That's what Dad smoked after he got out, until I was probably about seven or eight years old. He quit smoking. Then he moved to Red Man.
0: Then he, then he started chewing, and then I started chewing. <laughs> uh, I, I, here's what I remember: uh, two two things, uh, two thoughts from my childhood. Uh, and I know that what you were trying to do, you were trying to teach me a lesson. Um, and I, I don't, I don't remember what order this happened, but this happened. I was like, I said something about skull or wanted. I was like, or I wanted a dip or whatever I said, and you gave it to me. But here's what I remember: I put it in my lip. I mean, I know what you're doing. Like well now, right? I know you're trying to teach me a lesson. I put it in my lip, but every time I would would spit the, the dip would come out, like parts of the dip. So I'm like five spits in and I got almost really no dip in my lip. And then I was like this is stupid and that was it. I didn't it didn't even Get to me because I didn't. I, every spit it just would come out. And I'm stupid. And to this day, to this day, I'm 42. That's the only time I've ever had dip in my lip in my life. And I was probably seven or eight. I don't remember what, if that. If this, <laughs> I don't remember if this happened right before, or right after. I remember being at the fire station during a fire meeting. And they're like, "There's the thing. You're my dad. Like, there's no way that we can put." And there's stories that we haven't even touched, and some we don't even touch for probably obvious reasons because. But but uh, there's so many funny stories of my whole life. But fire station has numerous funny oh. stories. But this particular time, we're down there and it's a whole fire meeting, and I'm down there with uh, Wes and Brent, my cousin Brent. He's a year older than I'm. Actually, actually, he's five months older than I'm. So, but we're different grades because where his birthday fell. And he wanted a dip because he because Brent always was like. Wanted to be West, you know, yeah, so, yeah. so he's like, Dad, let me, get a, let me get a chew. It was a chew, wasn't it, Dip? Let me get a chew. Levi Garrett's what it was. Remember it to this day. So, and so he's like, No. And I, I he asked his dad for a chew probably five times, and West kept telling him no, but Brent kept saying, Dad, let me get a chew. So he's like, Okay. <laughs> was told him no like five times. I remember that. Yeah, and and so he gave Brent this chew and Brent's standing there like he's a man too with all the firefighters. Now, I don't remember to this day how long he had it in, 5 minutes, 10 maybe. And I, would it be, have been that fast, 10 minutes, something like that That is that it was when, in. Yeah, he was getting green. Yeah, <laughs> and he said he's like, um, I don't uh um, I don't I don't feel very good. I don't feel good at all and I just remember he threw up a hundred times seemed like and and the <laughs> by the way that the dip section session I just gave you that I I did like five um five <laughs> five spits and was out um, Brent did go on to chew again uh, in his life sure. uh, that was just the start of it. I don't think he chewed as a child anymore I thought that was his first go but it made him sick. I remember that. Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember that. We had to wash out the wash out the fire station. So how many you got a lot of grandkids? I've got
1: five granddaughters, and one grandson. Yeah. And they're all beautiful, beautiful, healthy, active. And you uh, you think the one grandson's the one that's going <laughs> to carry Park, on the wildness? Parker uh yeah, Parker
0: should feel right in uh, I, I I I he <laughs> <laughs> the other, I asked a teacher at school the other day because <laughs> Scott says he's wild and you say he's wild. I know I've been around him; he's wild, but I don't know. Maybe I just encourage him when I'm around him. But uh, I asked a teacher. I'm like, is he really as wild as as they say? And she just smiled. And she's like, uh, Oh yes, <laughs> yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> like, she was trying to tell me you can't control him. <laughs> but, he, but he has a really,
1: really great heart. Like the other day, I told you about sharing that popcorn with Granny and I. He had a whole bag there. After church, I went to their church on Wednesday nights, and after church, he had a big old bag of popcorn. I mean, one of the big, tall bags. And he was just about to get in the van, van with his mom and dad, and he come running over. Paw, 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 paw. Uh, I mean, he gets excited and stummers and kind of a little bit. And he and he, he said, I, 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 I want to give you something. And he gave me. Now, he's got this big bag of popcorn. He gave me one kernel of pop popcorn.
0: And he said, and, and, and here's one for Granny, too. <laughs> well, um, so, look, I mean, there's a thousand stories that we haven't told. I mean, you know, it's like a whole life's worth. Probably does need to be on here. And as you all know, like, I don't really structure these things. It's not like I write stuff down and I start talking, but. Um anyway, th- this is episode uh, 100, I figure I'll put that down here. Maybe it would be episode 200 also. Maybe it's just like every 100. Maybe it's every 50 or 100. <laughs> Maybe it's every quarter. <laughs> uh, but but we'll we'll be on here and, and we'll do it. Uh like I I do appreciate uh you being on here. I also know that I'm fortunate uh to to have you uh here for sure, you know. Um I don't I'm not this is usually a funny show. I don't wanna, I'm not going to get too too sentimental, uh, but you know my 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 friend lost his dad the other day, so I'm just fortunate, and I, I'm sure he has those thoughts where he's like, man, just five more minutes or whatever. So, um, sometimes people take things for granted, and you shouldn't. And really, the only reason that I uh, am the person I am, I mean, not, I mean, of course, my mom also is there, but it's because of you, you know, like I. I'm only funny. I, I'm only funny because I watched how you interacted with people. I watched it my whole life. I remember people, every time you'd play, it was the fire station memory, upstairs. You played dominoes or cards or whatever, and you'd be with uh, a lot of guys around the table. And what I didn't, I never understood this as a kid. You would say stuff and the whole room would laugh every time you would say anything. Some Some stuff maybe I picked up on, but a lot of stuff I didn't, and they would still laugh. And I, Here's why I remember, though. I remember being confused. I'm like, why are they laughing at Dad? He you even saying anything funny? Well, I think I know what you're doing now. You know how many times I say stuff under my breath or say stuff that kids have no idea what I'm talking about, but the whole rest of the room knows what I'm talking about, but kids don't. I do it all the time. Still do it all the time. Uh, and I'm assuming that's what you're doing because I remember people would say stuff, and I would just stare at them and be like, "That's not even funny. Why are they laughing? Guess, yeah. You know, or maybe it was a story I didn't get either, you know. Just um, what do you call that? Not <laughs> not under the table. What do you call that, Layton? What do you call it? Uh, just the word I'm just, it's escaping me. Uh inside jokes, right? So maybe it was inside jokes I didn't get. But I learned all that from watching you. Like I learned how to make people laugh, things you say, what you do, like how you interact. The only reason I even got anywhere um two two things. Luke Black Kevin Black. Mm-hmm. His dad was a businessman. I want to be a businessman because he was a businessman. Like, that's, I just was like, yeah, I want to do that. But I learned all of my social cues. Work in a room, for lack of a better term. I learned that from you. So I wouldn't be who I was if it wasn't for you. I never would have done stand-up comedy shows if it wasn't for you. I probably wouldn't have this podcast. So, Anyway, it's cool that you're on episode 100. I'm glad you had me. Yeah. And I'm glad I had you. That's right. That's right. So, uh, anyway, I think, thanks for being on here. Um, uh, it's, it's a thing I say every show. I don't even know if you listen to this show. I have no idea, I have no idea if my dad listens to this show. Uh, uh, but uh, Pete Rose, put him in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose, Hall of Fame, everybody. Let's put him in there. Uh, love everybody. Thanks for listening in, episode 100, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you later.